Wanna know how come I gotta get and I'm looking out the window like Malcolm ready to bring that noise kind of trigger happy like the ghetto boys <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah ice cubes wicked you know what I'm saying come on you gotta listen to wicked right now listen to listen do yourself a favor put on ice cubes wicked and watch CNN with the sound off you know what I'm talking about Thank you for listening to FarsideTV.com. You are locked in to Side Life Radio. And as always, I'm your host, Adisa the Bishop, a.k.a. the Black Dragon of the West Side, a.k.a. Zatoichi, a.k.a. the South Bay Shogun. That's what they call me sometimes, you know what I'm talking about? Also known as the Iron Hook Assassin and the Black Cortez Killer. Ain't nobody triller than me, homeboys and girls. Bishop Chronicles is the world's first podcast dedicated to giving you West Coast perspectives on hip-hop, health, and fitness trends. Trying to keep you right, you understand what I'm talking about? Ain't nobody out there lacing your cranium with this here vibranium. Like a decent bishop, that would be me. So you can be down now or you could bow down later, fool. Because the West Side OGs, we stay greater. Give it, give it, give it the greater. Um, if this is your first time listening, oh boy, understand that this may not be the best thing. But it's show enough. But it's show enough. But it's show enough. Show enough. Show enough. Show enough. Show enough is the West thing. Yeah, it's the West thing, baby. Please do me a favor. Subscribe. iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Mixcloud, Libsyn. Get it in, player. Um, You can also follow. I encourage you to follow. Yo, man, people are following. It's fun, man. I'm interacting with my peoples. You know what I mean? Over at Bishop Chronicles on Instagram. Um, Yeah, man. Uh, A little weird right now, huh? Unusual things. Um, yeah, that's that's the warm tea, a beverage. I need a warm beverage with every show. That was Cloud Scroll Tea. Um, I don't know. I don't even know what's happened. By the time you hear this, because I record this a few days, like, you know what I'm saying? Even my boy Mike, he be getting mad at me sometimes, and I apologize to Mike. I, I apologize truly to Mike, because cause, cause every week is crazy, right? Just in general. But right now, it's hella crazy, and I be trying to drag so that the 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 the... That that I record as close to the time it drops as possible, because I don't want to miss nothing. But man, uh, America's on fire, bruh. Uh, delinquent leadership in all parties in all states hmm? from the top down trickle down 
for show. Hashtag disappointment everywhere. Um, not really sure, you know what I'm saying? But I'll tell you what I do know. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot I don't know. I'm actually, uh, one of the reasons I didn't record until right now is I actually thought people were going to get shot last night over in D.C. in front of the White House. I wasn't sure. I don't know if there's anybody new dead yet. Probably. Different cities. It's going down. Huh? 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 Yeah, what's going down in Minneapolis? Minneapolis, Minnesota, bruh? What's going on in Oakland, bruh? What's going on in L.A.? Shout out to Rancho Cucamonga. You know what I'm saying? Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? ATL in the building. You know what I'm saying? D.C., Baltimore. Um, It's kind of lit. You know what I'm saying? But it is equally disappointing, right? Like... When I when when I did my anti-cop hip hop show, which I encourage you to listen to, I also encourage you to listen to the uh coronavirus show. I also encourage you to listen to my Tupac Machiavelli show, my Nipsey Hustle show, my hip hop is a weapon show. You should be listening to that. You know what I'm saying? Like uh when I did this cop show, I had a lot of people hitting me up, some people I known for a while, and they was like, "Yo, some of the stuff you're posting is, you know, it's too emotional. It's not really based in fact." You know what I'm saying? I was like, "Word?" And 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 other people were hitting me up like, "Yo, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I appreciate you sharing what you're sharing, but like, you know, it's 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 like you know that's not really the time you know we need we need different voices you know what I'm saying I said you know what time it is it's the time I said it is fool you talking to the bishop man for real for real all ego to the left I pay attention all ego to the left I study I study it doesn't mean I be wrong but I put in work to understand for real and I only speak to you what I really feel what I really understand what I really have a sense of. So when I did that anti-cop show, with the exception of a few police who gave me props, and they will remain nameless, cops I haven't even met, cops that are out of state, you understand? And like, yo, I understand your perspective. I respect it. Meanwhile, right, we see what happens with George Floyd, and all of a sudden, everybody wants my playlist, Anti-cop hip-hop on Spotify. Uh, you can get that off the Facebook. Follow the Facebook, because I'm posting a lot of songs and stuff in the Facebook. Bishop Chronicles, you know what I'm saying? Like, now people are like, yo, you got this uncanny ability to understand where things are at. One of the first people to tell me how out of pocket my cop show was sent me this very text. You have an uncanny ability to be right ahead of the curve. Holy dude. Why are all these things happening at once? The arrest of the CNN reporter just makes your case. Why would they arrest him? This is really bad. Yo. My vision ain't blurry, boy. Huh? This Bishop Chronicles. What you think? That's why. Simply stated, it's what I do. Um, I spend my whole life looking at hip hop, chess, and martial arts. Making connections that others could not see. I did that pretty much by myself um, with the help of a few so that I could go into juvenile halls 
so that I could go in the hoods, I could go to the schools in the hood and I could give kids skills, you know what I mean, to navigate these deadly booby traps. And that show was just a moment. You know, if you listen to that cop show, it's not like my other shows. I was going off the dome. And I just wanted to document my single black voice in that moment and nothing more. Okay. But I'm telling you, I knew that George Floyd was coming. Not because I knew George Floyd, because I know America. I know George Floyd could have been me. Could have been my son. Could have been my daughters. Could have been any one of y'all listening if you're black. And I do want to take a minute to everybody, all of, for real, all of my white friends and extended family and all of my non-black friends. I've seen a lot of you giving respect and love and support for the beauty and the bounty of humanity on Facebook and off Facebook. I've seen some really beautiful things and I want to thank you and I see you. And I also want to let the other white people that I know that I thought were my friends and my family that ain't doing nothing, that are doing less than nothing, that I see you too. Hello. But really, I do appreciate those of you that have been Helping those who don't understand, understand what's important right now and why we need this. And when I say this, I don't mean the violence. I don't mean the police precinct burning down. I don't mean any of those that have been injured and tear gassed and trampled, you know. Um, these are crazy times. And I don't get any joy, zero joy from what I'm seeing in terms of the violence, but what I am seeing in terms of the solidarity, what I am seeing in terms of the open minds, hearts, right? And the little kindnesses that are happening. You know, I have to admit, you know, even before the situation with George Floyd happened, like I've noticed like being in the store, people are nice to each other. Like we had that initial bum rush. People are nice to each other. People don't trip off the parking spot. Like unless someone's doing something real buck wild, man, like, this is the new mindset of gratitude and humanity that we need to keep maintaining. You feel me? But I want to get into the heartbeat props part of the show. That's where we give thanks to the living. You know what I'm saying? Who 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 do us right while we're here. Not, not sit around sobbing over our coffin after they did nothing while we was right in front of them. Right? And we're living in a very unpredictable time. You don't really know if the people that you know and love are going to be here tomorrow, the rest of today, let alone next week, next month, between COVID and police brutality and outbreaks of violence and sudden stuff popping off. You don't really know. So we give heartbeat props to those we love and understand and appreciate now. So I'm going to give uh, some heartbeat props to some people I've seen doing some beautiful things. First, all these people are on IG. Follow at Nathan Mendelson BJJ. This guy is a dope jujitsu player. He is a dope rapper. Like, he actually has skills and bars. Uh, he's from Santa Cruz, you know what I'm saying? But he is a champion, right? If you want to get tore apart on the mats, <laughs> go see my boy Nate, you know what I'm saying? Um, I've been meeting him having on the show, and I need to mail him a mic. It's a whole thing. We got to hook up. We got to figure some stuff out. But um, 
you know, I've seen him do some 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 dope things. You know, what I'm saying uh, online when people are trying to make light of the police brutality, when people are trying to disregard uh, the obvious and open racism, he's been responding with wisdom and compassion. You know, and that's what we need right now. Right? We're gonna be angry. We're gonna be sad. We're gonna. We need to be responding with wisdom and compassion. Um, so shout out. And next, um. Somebody I don't know, at B.ChessTX. Yo, mad respect. Mad respect. Mad respect. Um, just for everything that they post on chess and inspirational stuff is dope, you know? But um, they got love for the, for the Bishop Chronicles. They got love for real hip-hop chess. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I appreciate all the, the postings and, and the interaction on, on the IG. You know, if you comment on my IG, chances are I'm going to respond. Um, and I love the back and forth with that brother right there. You know what I'm saying? And this this guy right here has gotten gotten love before, but, I, but this is important, man. At This Ain't Grant. At This Ain't Grant. One of the best dancers from, from San Jose, straight up. And one of the best dance teachers. But like he posted a post about, you know, black solidarity, black and Asian solidarity is Filipino. And, you know, I've been online um, working to make sure that, you know, I am available and engaging people of all backgrounds because it's about humanity right now. You know what I mean? And it needs to stay about humanity always. Um, and so I just wanted to say that I appreciate you guys. For you to give heartbeat props right now, right? Any of you listeners, I want you to call three people. Don't text them. Call them and talk to them for five minutes about something specifically that they've done that's inspired you. That's what heartbeat props are about. Let people know why you love them. Don't you? I got love for you, homie. I got love. Yo, explain why. Take a moment. Five minutes, three people. West Coast Word of the Week. It is that time. West Coast Word of the Weeks. <laughs> West Coast Word of the Week. Brought to you by the streets. We don't play. We slay. Um, this West Coast Word of the Week is, is, is uh, I think it's really Bay specific. I think it's an E40 term. I'm not sure. I think so. Marinating. If you marinating, you you chilling, man. You lay back. You ain't doing nothing. You cooling, man. You chilling. You know what I mean? Like someone say, hey, Deez, what you doing today? Be marinating. <laughs> nothing, bruh. <laughs> chilling. <laughs> Eating and sleeping. I'm marinating. You know what I'm saying? And in a time, I know like people be tripping off the COVID because they got to be inside. People be, you know, wilding because of what they see on TV and running around. You know what I'm saying? Take some time to marinate. Take some time to chill. It's a beautiful thing. And that is your West Coast Word of the Week. Brought to you by the streets. We don't love you. We just pretend to. And now we are transitioning into one of my favorite portions of the show. The haiku. Uh, a haiku is a Japanese poem of three sentences. Uh, the first line is five syllables. The second is seven. The third is five. Five, seven, five. And I do themed haikus, right? Most of my haikus rhyme, but haikus do not have to rhyme, 
right? It's about that syllable count. And I love doing it. You should write a haiku today and just see if you can. I know you can. Mike, for this haiku, I'm going to need like a Native American flute and a river. You know what I'm talking about? I'm taking this back. You know what I mean? Red cloud. You know what I'm talking about? First of all, that's the dopest Native American name ever. Red cloud. So this I'm dedicating to the youth of America. All right? Because you know what? Uh, uh, my generation and, and, and the ones before me that are alive, we talk bad about y'all young people. But you know what? Uh, not the OG, blood. Like, I got love for y'all. I always knew y'all was raw. So when I see young folks in the streets really doing it, what have we been saying? All you do is sit on your games and you don't do nothing. All you do is in your phones and you don't care about the real world. Yeah, boy. Then you be looking outside and you just hear Dr. Dre, you hear the chronic. Thum, 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 thum. Yeah, they out there, blood. But you know what I'm saying? I'm proud of you, you know? And I want you to continue to inform yourself, to organize, to speak your truth as you know it, right? But do it with wisdom and compassion and courage. Be courageous, don't be reckless. And this haiku is dedicated to all of you, young people in America and really around the world who are fed up with what your elders have given you and called it government, have given you and called it leadership, has given you and called it education. You deserve to be upset. You deserve to stand up. You deserve to demand more. And we owe you more. We have failed you. As one of your elders, I'm telling you, we have failed you. I thought we were gonna do better than this, and I'm sorry. Here we go, the haiku. This is your country. Go hard in the paint. Don't chill. Show us how you feel. Listen to the OG, I'm talking directly to you. This is your country. Go hard in the paint. Don't chill. Show us how you feel. All right? That is what's up. My haiku to you. So for the chess and life strategy right here, I'm going to do a very short one, but it's necessary, right? Um... I love looking at an empty chessboard. It just looks like looking out into outer space. It just looks like infinite possibilities and infinite combinations of connectivity. It looks like infinite ways of, of, of overcoming obstacles, moving through and around and over. Um, and it's very hypnotizing to me, right? And so when I see a chessboard with the pieces on it, you know, and everything is unmoved, I just see a lot of like unmanifested potential you know what I mean and when you see two people sitting across the boards but no one has moved yet there's a lot of kind of beautiful and quiet tension and you know um, I want to remind you all but especially the young people listening that you have to uh, be organized you have to understand what you're doing you have to understand where you're headed you have to understand who is across from you okay 
because you're young and because you're passionate, right? You're going to want to run out and do a lot of different things that you feel are necessary. But let me tell you, everything that you feel is not necessary. And everything that you feel is not necessarily real. Some of it is, but some of it isn't. And you need to uh, make sure that you are properly organized. I'm not just talking about within your communities. I'm talking about within your own mind. You need to organize your own mind. That's harder than doing anything for the hood. That's harder than doing anything for America. That's harder than doing anything for the future. It's to organize your own mind. So make sure if you want to protest, if you're going to protest, make sure you're organized. What are you protesting for? What are you protesting against? Who are your allies? Who are your enemies? Are you clear? Are you clear? What are you willing to do? What are you unwilling to do? Figure that out. See, people don't like that part. Everybody wants to be in the picture. Everybody wants to be, uh, have their name on the document. Everybody wants to be in the clip that went viral. But nobody wants to organize themselves. Because it's unflattering and it's unfun and it's the hardest part of getting anything worthwhile actually done. So... If you rock with Adisa, if you rock with Bishop Chronicles, if you rock with the fusion of hip-hop, chess, and martial arts, then you are going to get yourself organized before you do anything based on pure passion and get yourself hurt, harmed, make a mistake you can't undo. These things are real. I already told you when the L.A. riots popped off, my father knew what was going on in my head. He went into my room, found a gun I never mentioned and he took it and he hid it. And I actually found that gun dismantled in the house like two months ago. Tucked. Unusable. He saved my life. Because I might just be getting out if I wasn't getting executed for whatever I was planning to actually do. So I need you to understand. Get organized. I know I told you guys about... Um, Reading a book a week, I ain't gonna lie, blood. I didn't get through a book this week. I got, I, 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 um, I've been meditating. I've returned to meditation and yoga. I've come to understand that yoga is the north star of my health, meaning that if I do my yoga, it's more likely that I will lift. It's more likely that I'll go do my cardio. It's more likely that I'll do my ab work. It's more likely that I'll meditate properly. And so I've been trying to dive deeper into my meditation, which I've been doing wonderfully. And I'm grateful for all of that and what it's bringing me because you know how I feel about my meditation. Um, you know, my prayer is on point when my yoga is on point. You know, you got to go within yourself and figure out what makes you work best. I've been so caught up in getting with, in tune within myself which I think is really important, like I just told you about being organized, right? That I didn't really read this week. But I'm going to jump into a book this week coming and, and I'll let y'all know what it is and all of that. You know, I got to be honest, you know, like I said, there were some people that hit me up and they were kind of frustrated with some of the stuff that I said in my cop episode. You know, and I've had other people hit me up and be like, you know, I, 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 I like what you're saying, but I don't agree with all of it. I don't expect you to agree with everything I say. You know, and be honest, you know what I'm saying? I'm my own man. I expect you to be your own kind of person. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, before I get into my main topic, man, 
you know what? I got to apologize for not having read one of my stories last week. Remember I told you I found that old section of the book, Chicken Soup for the Hip Hop Soul, the dopest book never made, right? I found some of the stories in it. I got a story for you, an inspirational story. This is a story that is by someone who's very important to the industry of hip hop and the culture, a woman named Wendy Day. I totally forgot this was in here. Um, She wrote about her friendship with Tupac. I'm going to read her story. It's really amazing. And if you don't know who Wendy Day is and why she's important to the hip hop subculture and hip hop as as an industry, you should look into her. She's been doing amazing things from pretty much day one. A lot of people don't know it about Wendy Day, but she is the person who gave The Prince by Niccolo Machiavelli to Tupac. She gave him that book while he was in jail. So this piece is called Don't Believe the Hype. Um, It opens with a short quote of Prophet Muhammad. Peace be upon him. It says, make mention of the virtues of your dead and refrain from mentioning their evils. Here we go. Here's the story. Don't believe the hype. Wendy Day. He was accused of raping her. I knew the crew he had been running with lately and feared it would lead to no good. Even though I didn't know him, I was worried about him. The closest I had ever been to him was in line at a club one night. He was standing right behind me. He was loud, drunk, rowdy, and attracting too much attention. I moved to the back of the line to avoid the response loud actions usually brought. Although I respected his music, I didn't like him very much. I had bought into the media's perception of him. I knew not to trust the media, but I mean, this man had thug life tattooed across his entire friggin' stomach, for Christ's sake. And soon afterwards, there was a trial, political posturing, media theatrics, and drug dealer threats, which ended abruptly in a shooting, accusations that turned coast against coast in the media, and an arbitrary sentence at a prison for killers for a man charged with sexual misconduct as his first offense. The U.S. injustice system. What it produced was more suspicion regarding the system for an entire generation. It was the love that hate produced. I began to soften and feel for the individual. All the time I had spent avoiding him and feelings I had for him making rappers look bad publicly evaporated. I made a move to help him silently and anonymously. I then wrote a letter of support although firmly outlining why I had disliked him up until that point. I received back from prison a most intelligent and thoughtful letter from a man I had completely misjudged. He thanked me for my kindness. I had not been as anonymous in my gesture to protect him as I had hoped and planned, explaining no one had ever done something so kind for him before in his life, especially someone who didn't know him and certainly not a female. I was not touched. I wrote him back explaining my disappointment in him for not fulfilling his potential. And unfair as I now know I was, he responded with kindness and understanding, explaining that he so wished he could be. Our friendship blossomed. I sent him stacks of books, some of my favorites. I sent him Machiavelli's The Prince, which he had read when he was younger, but which now had touched a special place with him 
in his current situation. We shared secrets, dreams, and hopes. We shared opinions, goals, and ideas. We gossiped about the industry and about the moves he planned to make upon his release. I realized how alike we were, which really which especially hit me as I remembered the night I preferred to move to the back of the line to avoid someone who appeared so different from me. I drove eight hours to see him, dreading every minute of having to see a young black man behind bars. It was my first introduction to the United States prison system. To pass the time, I called into the hotline at one of the at the biggest New York radio station and passed hours with a DJ just trying to keep my mind off where I was headed. The range of the cell phone towers is what finally ended our conversation and I was left alone with my fears and my thoughts, much like the man I was on my way to visit. I drove all night to arrive at Clinton Correctional Facility by 8 a.m., just in time to wake up my friend. The guards obviously had great disdain for their most famous prisoners. They would not allow me to bring him anything, not even a video I had spent weeks making of other artists and industry folks sending their love and wishes to him. They seated me at a long visitor's table in, a very, in the very first seat in front of the guard's desk so two very bored guards could hear every detail of our conversation. When inmate 95A1140 came out to meet me, he was unable to control smiles, giggles, and hugs. Certainly not the portrait ever painted by the mass media. The guards allowed us to spend the whole day together, almost five hours. We were interrupted only a few times, but it was by other prisoners and their families showing love and support and an old friend who flew in from California to see him. He showed me the scars on his head as he bragged about taking five bullets and living. I shared with him my take on the facts, which may have been his own gun going off as he pulled it out of his waistband, thereby creating a downward wound that had penetrated the upper thigh and the scars on his head from a pistol whipping that may have ensued in the vestibule of Quad Studio where he lay bleeding on the marble floor. The floors and the walls were made of marble and the bullet would have ricocheted for days, leaving marks in the stone, I informed his smiling face. He hugged me and told me he adored me. When he asked my take on, on his new marriage, quote-unquote conjugal visits, I quickly retorted to a round of pounds. Real recognizes real. He never agreed or disagreed with my opinions, but he appreciated my honesty, a trait he was not used to receiving but always comfortable giving. That was his claim to fame, his quote-unquote realness. The thing I remember the most about that day is how funny he was. He had such an incredible sense of humor and always maintained a sparkle full of life in his eyes, never hidden by those ultra-long eyelashes. When discussing his case and upcoming appeal, I asked him if his sentence was overturned. Could he sue the courts for putting him away for so many months in such a key time in his career? He went to prison just after dropping a multi-platinum album, leaving it to sell without the necessary support of the artist. His reply is that he didn't want to sue the courts. He wanted credit for his time served against the next time they decided to put him away. He always left me with a smile or a laugh. A short year later, my friend was gunned down in Las Vegas, left dying amidst a sea of rumors, disbelief, and pain. I watched all of the media coverage and remembered the friend I knew so very well. The media was like an outsider looking in, trying to create a monster from bits and pieces of information and misunderstanding of the whole individual. 
It was a lesson I had learned from him years before. When will they learn? That was Wendy Day's words talking about Tupac in the book that never came out called Chicken Soup for the Hip Hop Soul. That was to be made by myself, Kyle Canfield, and DJ Vlad. And it was never made. Womp womp. Hashtag sadness. But, you know, getting back to it, really, I just kind of want to talk to you about what I've been getting now. What I've been getting now, emails, calls, etc., has been, you know, a lot of white people asking me what to do now. What should we do now? I don't know what to do. I feel guilty about this. I have, you know what I'm saying, uh, 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 a sea of emotions and stuff. Well, I don't know what to do. I want to support. I want to feel like I'm not a part of the problem. How do I help? So what can you do? Let me be really frank with you. I'm talking to you from a place of love and compassion. So here's the deal. What I need white people to do for real, if you're sincere, and this is only for the sincere, is acknowledge that white supremacy is a real thing. You need to acknowledge the reality of white supremacy as a system. And that system, according to the Neely Fuller definition, Neely Fuller Jr. Okay, this is important because I hate to keep giving these books out to people as ideas to read and people not reading them, but still wanting to have conversations after reading nothing. Um, But by Neely Fuller's definition, he says that white supremacy is a system that impacts economics, entertainment, religion, education, labor, law, media, sex, sports, and politics. Ultimately, what it kind of boils down to is this idea that at the end of the day, when you're looking at all of those things that I just listed, the prevailing ideas are always defined by white men ultimately and a white agenda period, right? And so, you know, look at the sports teams, who owns them? Look at the best positions in your companies, who have them? You know, they just had a black dude that was the first black valedictorian at Princeton. You really think a brilliant black man worthy of being the valedictorian had never been at Princeton before now? That's white supremacy, right? Where it's like you clap, but you're sad. So you need to understand that white supremacy is a real thing. You need to understand that white privilege is a real thing. But also that in a society as diverse as America, white privilege and other lesser privileges, meaning like, you know, male privilege over, over women or other gender, gender identities, um, cultures, etc., religions. Like in America, because there is so much diversity, the power dynamic can shift and, and, and bend a bit, Right scenario to scenario just through the course of a day right um and so really what i realize is that in order to be an authentic ally to me and in order for me to be an authentic ally to you the idea is somewhat like this i was speaking the other night with a friend of mine who is a white woman um struggling with a lot of white guilt she and her husband both work very hard Uh, They have a child, they have a dog and a cat, and they're really cool. Um, And they work really hard to be 
people of balance, mutual reciprocity, et cetera, et cetera. And she was telling me like, you know, I feel guilty. Like, you know, I, I own my home. Me and my husband, you know, we're living comfortable. And, you know, I don't really know what to do with that. You know, like I feel bad. And it's funny because like if you saw her, she would be under probably like the 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 definition of a Karen if you saw her outwardly, right? Like she's white, very slim, rosy cheeks, bright blue eyes, chestnut brown hair, smiles all the time. Hi, how's everybody doing? Like hella cool, right? And I can see a lot of people being like, Karen. But she is an amazing math teacher. She is an amazing wife and mother. She is an amazing teacher to so many kids. And she goes out of her way to uh, really engage all kinds of kids, every kid in her classroom, make them feel seen and heard. And it's a beautiful thing. And so she struggles with this guilt. And I said, look, you know, look, I said, white privilege is real. But that doesn't mean that you didn't work hard for what you have or that you and your husband don't have your own struggles, or that you don't have your own obstacles. Like, don't trip. You are not responsible for what you were born into at all. And while white supremacy is absolutely real, you still do, like I just said, have other kinds of different social power dynamics given the situation of the moment. But really, all we can do All you can do, all I can do as an enemy of white supremacy, right, is do what you can to always throw a monkey wrench in the machine when you have the ability to do it, right? And so these are very, these are very simple things. These are very simple things. So, you know, um, if you hear your friends calling people niggas and using all kinds of other uh, racial and religious epithets, you should have the courage in that group to say, you know what? Stop talking like that, please. Seriously. I need you to chill. I got black friends. You got black friends. Why are you talking like that? You know what I mean? And I gave her an example of a situation I had with a friend of mine who... Um, you know, you saw my London episodes. If if you're on my Facebook, there's a picture of me taken on Portobello Road and I'm standing next to it's kind of like a thing like usual suspects, you know, like when you when you the, the when you take your mugshot, right? But it's like Salvador Dali, Keith Haring, Basquiat, and some others. I'm blanking right now. And when I posted that picture, uh a friend of mine who I value, good friend. Posted, you're the only straight guy in the picture. I immediately deleted it. I deleted it. It was at night. In the morning, I got up and I called him. And I was like, hey, what's up? And he was like, hey, what's up? I was like, hey, I just want to let you know that I deleted your comment last night. And here's why. Um, There are people in my life who are gay, who are lesbian, right? Who have had immense impact in my life. They love me. Like, I love them, okay? They have done things for me that a lot of other people have not done. And so it's because of that, I can't let you post stuff like that on my page. You know what I'm saying? 
And he was like, I understand. And I was like, yeah, man. So, you know, it's all good between us, but like, I just can't have this stuff on my page. And I've had other situations where people have said disparaging things about Jews. And I've shut that down because I don't accept anti-Semitism in my realm. I really don't. I have Jewish people in my life that I've known since I was young. Uh, I have Jewish friends I've met right now. And I'm not going to listen to anti-Semitic talk. And sometimes people think because I'm Muslim, right? Like one time there was a, a Catholic guy. And he thought because I was Muslim that I didn't like Jews. He assumed it. And so he started talking about Jews. And I was like, hey, hey, hey. No. 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 Can't do it. I can't hear it. I need you to chill. You know what he did? He chilled. Now, I told my friend who was a teacher just about that first incident. And I said, you know, I didn't tell this person that they needed to change their whole life. I didn't give them a speech. Right? On LBGTQ, you know, talking points. I didn't. Because all I needed to do was let that person know that I was going to throw a monkey wrench in the machine right then and there and stop it. It doesn't mean you have to like make that person an enemy. It doesn't mean that you have to like wage war against them or try to convert them to anything other than letting them know it stops right there. And this becomes a time when you have to start really thinking about who you're around. Sometimes these people are in your family. Sometimes they're your parents, your sisters, your brothers, right? And sometimes you might want to just pull back and not really be around them. Other times you may still want to be around them, but let them know what your boundaries are. You have to think about what are your boundaries going to be? What are you going to accept? What are you not going to accept, right? And so I just say, if you're white, throw a monkey wrench into the system of white supremacy. When you see somebody getting singled out, to not get the promotion because they're not white or specifically because they're black, right? You need to be the person that quietly or loudly steps in to dismantle. Make sure they get the job. Or if you see them get boxed out, help them get led to something else that's dope, right? Because there's this issue of what the people in college call cognitive dissonance. I don't like big-ass words, but that's a big-ass word. So in the field of psychology, cognitive dissonance occurs when a person holds two or more contradictory beliefs, ideas, or values, or participates in an action that goes against one of these three and experiences psychological stress because of that. So a lot of what the stress that white people are feeling right now is that that thing between they say they love everybody, they say they believe in humanity, they, be, they say that, you know, they believe America is for all people, but they know that they act and defend a white supremacist machine in certain ways that they shouldn't. And that's what a lot of that guilt comes from, right? Like the teacher who I'm talking about, like, she's very unique. She's really trying to be authentic. But a lot of folks out here, they're really not. So you need to start combing through your own brain and say, when have you quietly co-signed racism? When have you quietly co-signed bigotry through your own speech? 
through the, through the things that you said in private when you're with your friends in the car, on the way to the club, on the way back. You need to really kind of like get clear and not condemn yourself, but understand that it's unacceptable. That's all. Now, beyond that, you know, I, I hate sounding like a broken record, but here's the problem. A lot of times when I talk to white people about racism, it's like, they don't know anything about black people. So all of it feels so hugely overwhelming, like this big Mount Everest of black history that they should know. And you should know it, but you don't. But that's okay. What I'm saying is this. You should pick one book by a black person and read it. One book. And it doesn't have to be about race per se. But you don't know us. You don't know our struggle. You like to think you do because you've watched a lot of TV, but you don't know us. And so what I'm saying is read a book about black people and make sure that it's written by a black person. If it's not an autobiography, if it's a biography, make sure that it's a biography written by another black person. And I learned this from my boy, MC Hilo, rest in peace, Brett Davis forever, Freedom Troop 187, West Side. Um... He said, listen, if you're going to read, he was teaching me. I said, I wanted to read something about Native Americans. And I told, I told Brett that I had read something by somebody who was not uh, Native American. He said, listen, because he, 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 was, he was reading a book. I think it was called The Primal Mind by Jamaica Highwater. And he was like, listen, if you're going to read about Native Americans, read from Native Americans. Don't let the white man tell you who he was to the Native Americans. Let the Native American tell you what they uh, endured. So if you're going to read a book on Red Cloud, you're going to read it from Jeffrey Sanders? You're going to let Jeffrey Sanders tell you about Red Cloud? No. Or you're going to let Chief Lightfoot tell you. Chief Lightfoot will probably tell you better. You understand? And you might say, well, look, Deese, uh, I appreciate that as an idea, but you know what? I ain't trying to be no black historian, bro. I ain't trying to like reread the 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 ancient scrolls and all that. Ah, don't worry about it. You don't have to do that. But here's the deal. If you don't find the time to read and learn to authentically engage black people and other people, in their authenticity and understanding their journey, more stuff's going to burn. More people are going to get killed on both sides. And it's all avoidable. But you have to be willing to dismantle the machine of white supremacy. And I'm not asking you to do it so that black supremacy can become a thing. I'm asking you to do it so that humanity can become a thing. If you don't want to read all these books that I'm talking about, here's the deal. Think about what you love. You like sports? Read about a black baseball player in the beginning, preferably in the beginning of, you know, blacks coming into the major leagues. You, you, you like football? Read about Jim Brown. You know? You like technology? 
go and look at the blacks in science. What they've done. What they've brought. Right? You like science fiction? Read about books by and about the black science fiction authors. I'm telling you that there's no shortage of things for you to engage in. And you should want to give these kinds of books to your children to help dismantle the system. Because part of the problem with white supremacy is it doesn't just lie to black children about who they are. It lies to white children about who they are. And that's how the privilege is maintained and instilled. But that, that, that only happens if we negate the humanity of other people, which I'll never support. And then finally, you need to start thinking about what you actually want to be a part of in actualizing systemic change, right? Um, like me and the one, you know, the, the lady that I was talking to in the beginning who said that like she was feeling like my cop show was a little off the chain. Um, we were talking the other day and she said, you know what? We need a national database of police killings with total transparency on police violence, you know? And I thought about that and I was like, yeah, that's hella real. And then I thought about, you know, we also need to like have national standards for police training and we need to like revisit how that training happens. I know like for a lot of cops, y'all are probably rolling your eyes like, Ugh. Right, I understand. But listen, what's happening is not cool. If you're a good cop, understand that I love for you and I have love for you, but there's not enough of you to stop the murders that are causing the riots. So until enough of you are in powers of position and or are throwing enough monkey wrenches in the machine on your own, then you're going to have a tough you're going to have a tough journey, man, and a thankless journey, likely. Like, you won't be satisfied with who you are because you'll know what you didn't do when you could have done some things. Then I saw my boy, Davey D. He posted some things that he thought our governor should do. So these are things that he said Gavin Newsom should consider. He said, adapt a budget like they recently did in L.A. where police departments do not get 50% of the general budget like they currently do in so many places. Two, if a police department gets sued, cities like Oakland, which paid over $60 million to brutalize citizens, should be paying for this out of police pensions and union coffers, not the city fund. I like that idea. That's going to keep people honest. Three, any officer involved shooting should be investigated and addressed by an independent DA. Far too many DAs like Nancy O'Malley of Alameda County, Jill R. Ravitch in Sonoma County, or Jackie Lacey in Los Angeles refuse to prosecute out-of-control cops. It doesn't matter what the cops do. They could shoot the Pope in broad daylight and not get charged. I think that is a big problem for sure. For sure. And these, a lot of these same DAs are the same kind of DAs that try to put the most maximum sentences on black men and women and children. So it's crazy. Um, and Latinos, for real. Um, four, 
jail time and permanent removal from law enforcement if they break the laws or violate standard practices. Now, a lot of police are going to say, oh, man, that's not fair. We're just going to be, you know, up for grabs anytime anything goes wrong. No, you have that badge and that gun and that authority and that trust from the state and the citizens of which you're in for a reason. It is not to put your knee on people's neck. It is not to strangle people. It is not to beat up little kids because you can. It's not to tase black women because they won't get out of a car. So, you know, I hope Gavin Newsom considers that. And 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 Davey noted, like, you know, Gavin Newsom got a lot of momentum when he put a lot of work forward um, to help the gay rights movement. And he needs to do it for the black rights movement, for the black life movement. Okay? So um, now I just want to say thank you for listening. This is a big deal. And I'm not going to have all the solutions and I'm not going to pretend to. And the vibe of this show ain't fixing to change, bro. Like we back to hip hop and entrepreneurship and meditation and yoga and all of that. This ain't going to be a weekly thing, but I also can't go without acknowledging some things, right? I would be, uh, I would be less than genuine if, if I, if I, if I didn't, if I didn't share these ideas with you. Okay. Um, this is a show that's meant to help you learn, help you feel better, but more than feel better, it's meant to help you be better, to help you actually be better. Mentally, physically, spiritually, within your own mind, within your own heart. You know, it's about, this show is about upping the human connectivity, you know, and in our collective minds and hearts. And it's about sharing information that I think you should have. Teacher, what style is that? Bishop Chronicles. Bishop Chronicles. You must learn.